Okay. All right, there we there go. We. Had a little technical difficulty there, but I think we got through it. So, if uh, you guys don't know who I am by now, or tired of seeing my face, I'm Joe DeHoyos, the host of Beyond the Woodline. And of course, I've got the <laughs> lovely and always graceful Miss Shannon Rogers. How are you doing, Shannon? I'm doing great. I'm back at it. I'm having fun. I'm Greg and I'm back at it. Got a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah. So. Anything you can talk about? Are you still holding out? Yeah, um, well, I'm somewhat holding out, but I can bring it up. Um, as you know, I took a break almost two months because I was getting a little worn out, but I just booked my next um, event. So, and it's in an epic location, and I've got some really well, well known people that are supposed to be coming on and coming on this event, and I cannot wait to share it. I'm waiting on my graphic artist to get it all together, and once he does, I'm going to drop it. And, I'm pretty sure it's going to sell out really fast because it's, it's. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been going out to the woods, man, I don't know how many times this month alone. And uh, yeah, we have some pretty good stuff happening. You know, we got uh, some interesting prints. I actually sent those prints to Jody. I mean, I'm not even sure what they were, but, uh, you know, they're, they were interesting to say the least. And it was in an area where uh, Walter had his encounter and, um, you know, we found that, that tree break, but uh, but while I mentioned Jody, you know, uh, Jody, yeah. how you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, I'm doing good. So, what did you think about those prints? You know, they were kind of strange and they kind of look hoofish at the same time. But yeah, kind I, of I, like, yeah, yeah. I was getting ready to say I was looking at those. I didn't get a respond back to you because, uh, like I said, this week has been you know so rough. Yeah, they're odd looking. Right. You know, my my first impression was probably a smaller Bigfoot, you know, that was my first impressions. But when I was looking at them at a different angle, um, it, it was quite different, you know? So did you make a cast of it by any chance? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got two prints and my friend Walter has two other prints. Okay. Yeah. If send me pictures of the cast, if you don't mind. Okay. I like to take, I definitely like to take a, uh, a look at those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, they were, they were like four and a half, maybe five feet across. I didn't have a measuring tape. Yeah, tape. I call that. Yeah. yeah. It uh, would have been a bear. Um, you know, a bear, bear prints um, are up at top of each other, and it goes into like a snake motion. Okay. That's the best way to describe that. So you can tell the difference with, a, you know, a bear print. Because I noticed they weren't any, um, like, claw marks that I could see in the pictures. Right. So it wouldn't have been, uh, definitely would not have been a uh, bear. Yeah. Yeah, we have, and I, what I kind of felt like it was maybe Hello. walking on, the, on its knuckles. Yeah, I'm not sure who that is um, commenting, but one of our friends, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. when you guys log on, you got to get stream our permission to use your name. Otherwise, it just says Facebook. Yeah, yeah not a problem. But uh, yeah, uh, Joseph, what, what have you been up to, man? I see you got your cap on. You know, and I asked you about that off the air, and uh, yeah. What was yeah. you about your group? You know, you know the North American Dogman Project. Um, we we we've been around for a few years. You know, we are the largest dogman research organization on planet. I mean, we we have seven hundred members worldwide. We have chapters in most of the United States and around you know the country, around the world rather. Um, you know, lately, 
Um, we haven't been posting a whole lot of stuff. Some of our uh, regional areas have been posting stuff, but the main uh, Facebook page we have, because we've been doing so much stuff with the website and putting everything on the website. And, you know, the problem with social media, you know, you're always going to have someone that's going to be a troll, you know, so we don't post a whole lot on there. So um, we've been real busy. Uh, there's some really good uh, projects that's coming up that is going to be extremely beneficial to the field. Um, we can't go into detail about it, but um, it's 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 great. Uh, some of the stuff that's going to be happening here. Um, I do have a show coming out um, that I did last October with uh, Mysteries Decoded on Dogman. So that should be out uh, probably late September, early October. I think they're wanting to put it out because it, the whole show deals with Dogman or Werewolf. Um, so they're wanting to put that out, I think, right around Halloween, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, awesome. So what got you interested in, in, in Dogman? How did you uh, how did that get on your radar? Well, you know, I did cryptid research for 30 years. You know, prior to that, I did a lot of UFO investigation. So the UFO stuff, I fell into the cryptid because, I, because we were getting a lot of um, cryptid reports along with the UFO stuff. And that going into the cryptid stuff was mostly Bigfoot we're getting some dogman sightings not a whole lot and you got to understand this is like the you know uh 80s and 90s and 2000s okay so we weren't getting a whole lot of dogman stuff until like the early 2000s when things would really start picking up but i you go back and look at my build reports from you know the 80s and early 90s and in these build reports you see that some of these reports had snouts, had high pointed ears, backward style legs like a dog. So, you know, what people thought was a Bigfoot was actually a dog man. So uh, been dealing with, you know, a lot of that and getting into the dog man stuff. I just fell, in, fell into it. You know, I loved it. But we also would get other cryptid reports, you know, the goat man, uh, chupacabra stuff, um, other small cryptids like um, pug wedgies, things like that. Um, so it's it's we we still check them out, but like I said, Dogman has been the the main thing right now because it's it's a very hot subject, right? Yeah, it's actually a pretty big subject here in Texas, uh, which is where I'm at. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty big yeah. subject here in Texas, and there's there's uh, actually a lot of sightings and. Uh, in places people wouldn't expect them to be, I guess, you know. Uh, do you find that kind of common where people might not expect to see any kind of cryptid, especially something like a dog man? Well, the thing of it is, you know, here in the late 2000s, you know, it's not uncommon to get reports in different parts of the country. Now, you go back to, you know, 1995, going up to maybe 2003, 2004, it was uncommon to get reports of Dogman and even some other cryptids in certain parts of the country, especially the Pacific Northwest and Texas. 
because all what was coming through those areas were thought are uh, Bigfoot sightings, hmm. you know, and then now you start getting a lot of different cryptid sightings, mostly Dogman along with the Bigfoot, but you're getting other cryptids like some type of reptilian type uh, creature or another type of like a Bigfoot or even something that resembles a pud wedgie. Okay. And uh, what a pud wedgie, if people are wondering what that is, it is a small little creature of about, you know, 10 inches that are, you know, little demons. Right. You know, and these things are factual bases. Uh, there, there's two main places in the country. One is the, um, uh, I'm trying to think, Bridgewater Triangle area, okay, in New Jersey. And the other one is Indiana. There's a park called Mount, uh, Mount Park, I think it is. I have to look it up to be on, um, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but this is the only place that has where you can find a lot of Pudwedgie sightings. Even, you know, at this past summer, Mound State Park, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. That had Pudwedgie sightings just this year. And most of every employee at that park have seen them. You know, hmm. these things are, they're burning people's tents up, they're stealing stuff out of people's tents. I mean, it's just, it's some crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. Walter actually had a question. He asked, uh, where did the name Dogman originate from? Do you remember how, how far back that goes? It, it seems like it's always been around, but. It, it has. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. Um, they've always been some type of dog headed creature, right. uh, especially in the Middle East. Okay. Right. Uh, in Mesopotamia, which is Iraq today, they dealt with a group of dog-headed people they traded with them they were able to communicate with them you know the vikings have had contacts with them it's in you know egyptian folklore with anubis um like you said the vikings have talked about them the europeans have talked about them you know these things have always been here even you look at saint christopher okay right it, and I, I have actual photographs from the Vatican. The Vatican has original pictures or paintings of St. Christopher with a dog head. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, it, it, it is. When I lived in... Uh, oh, go ahead, Shannon. Go ahead, Shannon. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize my mic was off earlier and I was talking. <laughs> Before I forget, okay, I have a question just for educational reasons because I'm curious. Okay, so a demon cannot manifest here on earth but it can use a host do you think pudwedgies are actually hosts that are used like like tools with the energy to attach to them to be able to do what they need to do well you know, a- I, I i i can agree to that but they're also in solid form you know That's the best way idea. yeah the best way to describe them they look like little demons you know, um, they're right. wearing, I mean, their clothing is like torn clothing or leaves or something to that effect. This is all the descriptions that we've gotten from people, especially, you know, when we went to Mount State Park, there is about 10 different Native American monuments in that park 
that the local Native American tribe put there to pull out that evil energy of the okay. Pedwood, and it's not working. You know, um, these things are they're little demons. That's another name they call them because, like they, like I said, they attack people. Um, they burnt down tents. They stole their food. They stole stuff out of their tents. You know, they've tore their tents up. They tore their clothing up. And, you know, people have actually seen these things. Right. You know, and like I said, even this this summer, we just got a report out there from one of the employees of the park that, it, you know, was coming into the park and they were chasing her vehicle and she was scared to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, they, but I, I see what you're saying and I can really respect, respect that because... I, I think that they are taking solid form from that evil energy because they can't manifest into anything else, you know, because the thing about the pud wedgies, they're not all different looking. They're all the same looking. So that kind of gives you, you know, that they're okay. manifesting from something, you know, and right. mimicking, mimicking something. Right. What about like a, footprints or hair or anything like that have you have you ever seen it either on pictures or no I, I've, I've never seen i all i've seen is drawings of what okay. people have you know what they've seen you know they look like little you know little trolls okay you know you know going back to the dog band um we were talking about how like they've been reported you know for <laughs> forever really uh, I used to live outside of San Antonio, Texas. It was a place called Universal City. Right next to Universal City was a, was another little city called Converse. It's like mm -hmm. you know, 20 miles outside of San Antonio. And that area had its own little uh, creature, which was called the Converse Werewolf. And, right. Uh, okay, you've heard of that one? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I yeah. actually heard about it when I was in, um, was it San Antonio? Okay. Yeah, I think it was San Antonio at the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, yeah, it was called a Converse Werewolf, and I think the story goes that the a farmer had sent his son out to go hunting, and he came back said he was scared. He saw a monster or something, and the father goes, "There's no monsters out there." Go back out there and finish the hunt. He never came home, and when they went back looking for him, he got he got some friends to go look for his son, and they found this werewolf eating at him, and you know they, mm -hmm. they you know they shot at him, but it was running too fast for them to get a beat. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, you know, right. yeah, that story's been around for a while. Yeah. But there's bases to it, and that that's the thing, because there's actually people who came forward that you know will verify that they know the family. Right. Yeah. Where that happened at. Yeah. So yeah, and it's yeah, not common yeah. to for especially in Texas, you know, there's a lot more dogman sightings going on in Texas today than they are Bigfoot. Right. You know, Bigfoot was a really big popular thing um in texas but now like i said the dogman stuff i mean we're getting reports from you know border patrol agents that are seeing them right and, and you know like in the hill country which is a lot of hills there's not a lot of wooded area mm -hmm. but there's definitely a lot of hills and rocky terrain and people are seeing these things you know and uh, it's a lot of open ground really you know so yeah yeah a lot of people don't realize that along the uh you know texas mexican border there's a whole lot of land, you know, and, and things that, uh, you know, anything can move back and forth, you know, and not be detected. Yeah. And that's one thing I say about the, the hill country area. And 
uh, from like San Antonio to Austin, there's a lot of uh, creeks and ravines and gullies, and they're mm -hmm. not at all like really too deep. They're like eight nine feet deep, but anything can you know can move around, and you'll never see them even even in the daytime. There, there's a part of Texas I can't remember the name of the area, but it, it's it's a lot of hills, and it actually borders Mexico, and it, because it's so hilly, you know they don't put fences up there, but they put um, you know listening devices and stuff like that for you know illegal border crossings. But that and I like said that area I can't remember the name of it, um, but that is where they're having a lot of sightings taking place in that particular area where the hills are that were one side's the U.S. and the other side's uh, Mexico. So, you know, these things, they, they're able to move over those mountains. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's not just one. I mean, they're seeing packs of these things moving in, oh, down in Texas. Yeah, and that's the, probably the scary part, you know, is, uh, yeah, south, yeah. yeah, South Georgia and, and stuff. There's a lot. Of, we, I mean, we, we've got reports coming out of every state. I mean, it's just it's I mean, states that I would never imagine a dogman sighting coming out of. We're we're getting them, um, you know, Alabama, uh, Georgia, you know, uh, Tennessee. Well, Tennessee, we, we knew on the northern part, but like the southern part. Uh, Louisiana, oh my God, the stuff that's coming out of Louisiana is right. just unbelievable. I mean, we were contacted by a Louisiana a Baton Rouge police officer that was going down the road one night and the road had no lights on. It was just a regular dirt road. And they patrol the dirt road because sometimes people use that road as like a shortcut and, you know, they check it. So just to make sure no one broke down. And um, he comes up on something large eating something in the road. So he gets, you know, pretty close to it. His headlights hitting it. He thought it was a bear at first. And he's like, well, you know, we don't have bear down here. Okay. I mean, we've got, you know, cougars. We know that. But we don't have bears, <laughs> you know. And then he ended up seeing the tail move on this thing. And, so he threw on the lights and the siren, and then the head came up, and you know you saw the airs, and he said the airs were kind of like moving back, trying to listen, and he said this thing stood up and was turning around and looking at him at the same time. He said that this thing was something out of a horror movie. He said it was something out of the movie The Howling. You know, he said this was a werewolf. He said this was your classic werewolf. And it came towards him and jumped on his cars, tried to bust in the window. So now, yeah. So his dash cam's on. So he's getting this on video. It's tearing, trying to bust into the windshield. It's scratching up the, you know, the vehicle. He goes in reverse. Does it like a 360, throws it off the car, and heads out. He is so scared, he gets back to his station, contacts his desk sergeant, and explained to his desk sergeant what's going on. I said, you got to look at my car. They looked at the cars. Cars completely ripped apart. Windshield busted. 
He goes, I got this thing on tro- on um, our, our cam. Uh, they go in, they look at the video, and his, his sergeant drops his jaw, calls in another supervisor. You know, the supervisor looks at it. They tell him, okay, listen, go home, you know, and come back on your shift tomorrow. If you need to take another day, take another day. So he went home, came back the next day. He noticed his car was completely repaired. Huh. Okay, completely repaired. Talks to his uh, shift supervisor, desk sergeant there, and was telling him, um, have anybody else seen the video? And they're like, what video? My dash cam video. Well, what dash cam video are you talking about? So they completely shoved him off. You know, they knew yeah. something and, and they erased his dash cam video. And they basically told him, you know, if you talk about this, you know, we're going to have a, you know, medical psychological evaluation on you done and you can lose your job and not be able to carry a firearm anymore. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, you hear stuff like that happening to these officers. Uh, <coughs> I actually had an officer who had an encounter uh, 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 with a Bigfoot uh, here mm-hmm. in, here in uh, what's the name of the river? I can't remember the name of the river now. It's just a little bit north of Houston also. And uh, uh, he didn't. He, he he didn't want to report it because he because he's a canine officer. He goes, man, because you know they'll take my dog away from me. So yeah, you know, so you know, and you know how these guys are with their dogs. They love their dogs, and there's a bond oh, yeah. there. Like he's like, I'm not giving up my dog, you know. But he came to me and told me about it, and uh, yeah, he just didn't want to lose his dog. So he's like, I'm not telling anybody about it. Yeah, you know? a lot of a lot of law enforcement are like that. You right. know, they yeah. wait until they're retired or quit to go to another job, then they're going to come forward. We right. have. Um, about a half dozen police officers that's came and talked to us. Um, we even had um, the Louisiana branch of the DEA had oh, us really? in, yeah, in contact of us, you know, oh, some of their agents. Wow. That's but in general, crazy. who's going to believe you? You know what I mean? They could discredit your career depending on who you're reporting to. And, you know, and it's just really? like sometimes it's easier to not say anything and maybe think that maybe you didn't see what you thought. It's like a guess. So, yeah, it, and it, that goes the same with, uh, you know, airline pilots who spot UFOs, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, they're not going to re- come out publicly and report that, you know, uh, yeah. to know exactly what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that, about you being into the UFO field. When I was living in San Antonio, I, I knew someone who worked at uh, Lackland Air Force Base. That person told me that they were uh, uh, out watching stuff fly above the base, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know when the pilots came in and they were going to tell them what you know what they saw, they told them you're not you're not putting that in, in the report, you know. Yeah. You know when yeah you know when I when I was in the National Guard, we were. Yeah. Um, was I? Huh. Oh, go ahead. I said so. Was I? Go ahead. All right. Um, this is when I was National Guard, and we were on a training exercise, and we were at a um, base up in Michigan, and I was um, an ammunition specialist at the time, so we were bringing live ammunition out to the M1 tanks at the uh, range, and the uh, range master told everybody, you know, to dismount their vehicles and come back 
to where the range was. And when everybody got there, they said, okay, you need to go into the building and stay away from the windows. Okay, so we're like, okay, you know, what's going on here? So we were in there for oh, close to an, an hour, maybe. Then we come out and then um, one of the guys said, you know, you know, what, Sergeant, what, what was going on? And he said, well, with you um, firing, you're, dis, you're causing um, like a discommunication issues with the shuttle, the space shuttle. Now, you have to understand the range was down in a like a ravine. OK, so they were too far under, you know, too far in the ground to cause any type of, you know, disruption in communication with the shuttle. And plus, the shuttle was never up at the time. Okay. And one of the guys there, I remember saying, you know, look, he goes, I work for AT&T. Okay. I'm, I work for the communications. Uh, this would never stop communications with the shuttle, you know, and I remember them giving him a whole lot of help because of what he said. So we didn't think any too much of it. And that was on a Friday. So Saturday morning, we had the weekend off. We went into town and I grabbed a newspaper to read and front page was about UFO sightings over Grayling, Michigan on that Friday. Right. So it's like, you know, obviously something happened. There were UFOs over there. Maybe they felt that, you know, firing the tanks would look as anger or aggression. So they moved everybody out. So that was kind of a weird experience, you know, dealing with, with something like that. I mean, that's, that's how they work. You know, that's exactly how they work. This is from William Lester. I don't know if you can read on the screen. He's extra, uh, Dr. William Lester. And, uh, is it, uh, I can't remember what he is, an anthropologist, I believe. That's what he is. Yeah, he lost his professorship for talking about Bigfoot and mystery hominids to anthropologists. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, here's the thing, and, you know, he probably, I'm hoping he would agree with me when I say this. You know, you know, Bigfoot is definitely a primate, okay? I, I truly believe it because, you know, you have, you know, the four main primates, you have, chimpanzee, gorilla, uh, orangutan, and human. Human's a primate. You know, we're all part of that family tree. You know, um, I think it's just, you know, we evolved a little bit, bless you, we evolved a little bit um, faster than the rest of them, maybe. But there's a connection there. And I think Bigfoot is somewhere between human and these primates. And he's somewhere within that branch. He, he, you know, I don't think he's an alien. I don't think he's, you know, um, you know, an experiment or a government experiment. I truly believe he is definitely a primate, and he he's been here since the beginning of time. Could he be like a um, Cro-Magnon? You know. Which was the more I, I believe Cro-Magnon was more of the ape um, than the uh, uh, Neanderthal, and you know could he be a uh, you know 
relative of them. You know, we, we don't know, you know, and the problem is if, if one is ever found dead and it actually comes public, you know, I, I totally believe that science would category it as something other than what it is, because I don't, um, I don't think science wants to be wrong or have to rewrite, right? you know, to say, look, there's a new human species. And the problem with that is, you know, humans cannot coexist with other animals, let alone another species of possible human, right? you know? So where do you think all the reports of these creatures portal jumping or cloaking, just vanishing? What do you think that is about? You're talking about Dogman or Bigfoot? Uh, we're really both. I, I, I hear them from both. I hear a lot of from Bigfoot, yeah, really. I, I, hear, I, hear, I hear a lot from both, too. You know, I, believe it or not, the majority of our sightings that we get coming in are not so much flesh and blood, but somewhere in, you know, the supernatural realm where they're coming in and out of portals. They're appearing and disappearing. Uh, blue flash before, after, you know, the sighting. Um, you know, talking telepathically, right. you know, to people, communicating. So we do get a lot of that. Right. You know, so the possibility that this thing comes from a different <laughs> realm, I, I, I can honestly accept that. I really can. But we also have to look at another fairy, which is like the hollow earth fairy. Right. Okay. Um, is there another world? within our world and these creatures like Mothman, Dogman, Bigfoot, you know, reptilians, Chupacabra, are these creatures from that other world that comes up to feed or to hunt or just curious? Right. You know, is, is there a possibility of that? Yeah. And is there a possibility that something else is pulling the strings, not necessarily these creatures doing that, you know? Right. Uh, I, you know, when I was doing UFO research and going into Bigfoot, he, we were getting a lot of Bigfoot UFO connection. Okay. Me personally. And, you know, I don't want to offend anybody because I, you know, it, this is my, my personal opinion. I don't think there's a connection. Okay. Between UFOs and Bigfoot. Okay. Yes. People have seen them come out of ships. People have seen them, a, a UFO, a bright light, and then the Bigfoot appears. I, yeah, I agree. I can accept that. But we have to look at the possibility. You know, humans get abducted by extraterrestrials. Okay. Bigfoot could be abducted also. They're probably just curious about him as they are us. Right. You know, because other animals, we believe, get abducted. Some of them are mutilated. Some are not. Right. Okay. So what they're seeing, the possibility of what they're seeing of a Bigfoot appearing and disappearing, you know, when a spacecraft is around or a blue light, it, it, they could be dropping him off after, right. you know, they did experiments on him. It's a possibility. Right. But, cool. yeah, but you can't sit, you know, I don't think he's, he's a convict from another planet or he's a pet they let out to go use the bathroom or anything to that 
you know, I just don't see him being an extraterrestrial because there's too much evidence, I believe, showing that he's always been here. You know, even though he's not in the fossil record, does it mean, okay, he doesn't exist? You know, I like the fact that. that we can, like, I know enough to know that I don't know a damn thing, but that we can all take different views and opinions and discuss them and, you know, because it takes everybody else's views. That's what we do as research, you know? Mm -hmm. So that, that's that's why we do research. So, you know, everybody ever have different opinions on what their opinion is or what they've done in research, but, but I'm just glad we're all researching and trying to find out and figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, everybody has a right to their opinion, mm -hmm. and that is how we solve the mystery is by listening to everybody's opinion. Exactly. The problem yeah. with this field is that people don't like other people's opinion. You know, right. and it, you know, especially in the Bigfoot field, you know, the Dogman field's getting the same way. Where, you know, uh, if you disagree with something, you know, you get torn into. Right. And it's like you know, everybody has a right to their point of view. Mm -hmm. You know, regardless how ridiculous it is, and everybody has the right to, I believe, question, you know, something, you know, that someone, you know, citing or, you know, um, whatever, just if, 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 if they haven't, if, if they have an issue or they think that something's not right, you know, question it, you know, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't mean the person's being dishonest. But you know, just question it if you if you have an issue with it, and, and don't be offended. I mean, you know, we, we get. Oh my God, when when the story came out about this guy being a survivor of Land Between the Lakes, you know, I questioned it. I disagreed with it, and you know, I'm a bad guy in the field now because I won't buy this guy's story. You right. know, I don't care. Okay, you get a question. I, I, it's absolutely okay. Yeah, that's my that's my right. That's my opinion. You know, I've done research on land between the lakes for 25 years. Okay, so I have the right to question it, and I have the right to say I think this you know individual is full of it. You know, but don't attack me because you're buying into the story, and that is what the problem is. You know, with this field is that everybody has their own opinion and you know people fight over their own opinion and that's what basically i'll be honest with you that is why i left the bigfoot field was simply because of that you know um the bigfoot field became a click it became a buddies only system you know if you didn't have right, worse. <laughs> yeah if you didn't have the right last name you weren't speaking at a conference right okay and, and and that's that's how it was you know uh yeah i, I like that uh statement the best things are in the basement you know of a museum and that's that's true because i'm telling you and i've said this i'll bet you somewhere inside the Smithsonian institute there is a remains of a bigfoot i i can guarantee that because see, the Smithsonian only puts out specimens if they have more than one. So if they only have one specimen, normally they will not put it out. 
Okay. Okay. And they're still cataloging stuff from paper into their computer system. They have so much stuff, it, it's going to take years for them to do it. There's probably remains of a Bigfoot or even possibly a dogman or some other cryptid, okay, in some crate in the Smithsonian Institute sitting under some steps, <laughs> under some other crates, okay? And I, I truly, truly believe that. Because when Monster Quest did this show about um, the um, short-faced bear, okay, which is a prehistoric bear where people think it's still living, where this guy back in the 30s shot one and skinned it and kept the skull, and the skull was much different from a typical grizzly bear and polar bear. And he ended up giving the skull to the Smithsonian Institute. So when Monster Quest went there, and said, you know, can we look at the skull and so forth. It took a couple weeks for them to actually locate the skull. And then when they found it, they wouldn't let anybody look at it on camera. So they had to hire, you know, a biologist, a wildlife biologist to go into the Smithsonian to actually look at it and compare it to other bear skulls. Right. So... You know, did they actually end up finding the skull and give them the right skull, or did they just pick the skull up, you know, and said, okay, this is it? And that's the problem when you deal with, you know, places like the Smithsonian Institute. You know, they just, you know, they don't want to believe in monsters or the existence of Bigfoot. And so, you know, if they got something, they're not going to say they have it just because they don't want it out there. They don't want to be known as the museum that has a monster. Yeah, and I believe that too. You need to make and a I, museum for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shannon, you got any questions for him, Shannon? Well, I'm just listening. Like I said, um, as you know, I'm, you know, the paranormal and metaphysical side. Joe does the cryptid UFO, Bigfoot mm -hmm. stuff. And so usually when things are a little out of my realm, I just try to listen. And so... I'm usually having a lot to say, but sometimes I don't. That means I'm, I'm, I'm listening. So, right. How long have you been involved? I know you were talking earlier. You're in the paranormal, mm -hmm. and so you. I see that you've ventured out and done a lot of things, and done your own research and everything. How long have you? I mean, when did you start? How old were you? And what got you interested? Well, you know, I actually I started everything when. Oh my God, um, probably in my late twenties, but I was, I was always interested because I lived in a house that was haunted. I mean, literally haunted. There was, we would see this old woman in our basement, you know, um, my sisters always hated to go down into the basement because they would see her. And we had stairs in our house that led to a wall. I mean, it was really, I mean, this house was weird. You know, you would open up a door and they literally were stairs going up to a wall. You know, it, I mean, it was like a clock. It was just weird. Right. And um, there, there was just so much odd stuff going on in that house. You know, I, eventually you got used to it. You know, I mean, your clothing would be ripped apart. Um, it, things would be moved. You would see, you know, balls of light 
just move from room to room, you know, um, you would hear laughter. I mean, just a lot of crazy stuff, you know. Uh, I can relate to living in a haunted place. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I just filmed for the Travel Channel about a house I lived in for two years. Like it was bad. Mm -hmm. So I can relate to that. It's just weird. And like some people believe you because they were there and experienced it too. And other people are like, there's nothing going on here. And I'm like, yeah, it was bad. So I, I understand what you're saying. Like there's just things you can't explain. And that's what drove me into the field more. So yeah. And, I understand. Right. And I really got in, you know, do, you know, to the ghost stuff. And then plus, I mean, you know, I saw the movie, The Legend of Boggy Creek, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I, I would go out <laughs> to the woods, you know, with my BB gun as a kid looking for, you know, Bigfoot. I'm not kidding. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, it, it scared the hell out of me, but I enjoy doing it. And, you know, going through high school and, and, and you know, and things like that, I read up on the stuff. Never got into a whole lot because they were, ne you know, they weren't Bigfoot groups. They weren't paranormal groups. They were UFO groups, but not so much of the paranormal stuff because back in the 80s, you know, a lot of the paranormal stuff, you know, it wasn't taboo or anything. It's just it wasn't as open as it is today. Right. You totally know? get that. I yeah. Mean, the Warns were, you knew about the Warns. Because you know their, their paranormal stuff, you would read in the you know in the you know early or late seventies, early eighties of the paranormal stuff they were doing, you know, but no one else was doing it. No one else was ghost hunting in someone else's house, right? You know, but it was something you always talked about. Yeah, I, I lived in a haunted house too, and it was it was it was pretty crazy there it wasn't anything you know evil but it was just uh it's crazy if, if if a person hadn't lived under that kind of a roof you're kind of missing out i think <laughs> well you know i you know back in the um 90s i lived in this area called sedansville in cincinnati now there's a directory there that's haunted it's been on a couple different uh paranormal shows but that area was a Native American camp. You know, it was, a, you know, their area where they lived. And Colonel Sedan was a U.S. Cavalry officer that came in and literally killed everybody. I mean, they wiped out everybody. So that whole little area of Sedansville has so much energy. I mean, it was, it was not nothing for someone to say, you know, I, I got up this morning, I walked in my closet and there's an Indian in, in a fetal position in my closet or in my basement or in my attic, right. you know, uh, even in the house I lived in, you know, I heard Native American chanting, you know, and then I start doing research and then I finding out, you know, this whole town this whole area was a reservation where it was massacred and our community center because i was a boy scout master at the time and our com um, uh, community center that one of the employees there was saying that you know she went into the restroom and then when she came out of the stall she said there was an elderly woman wearing a long black dress that was up to the collar or up to her neck 
with like a white bonnet. And she says, you have to run and hide. The cavalry's coming. And she said the woman disappeared. You know, this is the kind of stuff that went on in this neighborhood. Right. Okay. Because the energy there of all these innocent men, women, and children, Native Americans that were massacred. Right. So everybody has had some type of, you know, or some type of uh, paranormal, you know, experience going on, you know, in, in that neighborhood. So I've always been around it. Right. And I enjoy it. I love it to this day. You know, um, you know, UFOs, Bigfoot, you know, monsters, you know, the paranormal. I, you know, I'd love it. I absolutely love it. Right. You know, it's scary. That's the fun part. Yeah. Have you ever been scared as far as paranormal stuff goes? You, you know what? I, I did this paranormal investigation um, with uh, this group that I um, knew up in Akron, Ohio. Okay, I spoke at a conference up there uh, on uh, I spoke about Bigfoot and they invited me up on one of their investigations for a weekend and we did this brothel. Okay, it was a former brothel, but it was a bar downstairs in the upstairs. Right. Huh? She asked where it. Oh, where it was in Akron. It was somewhere in Akron. I can't remember the name of the area because I said this was, um, oh, my God, this was, what, 2006, 2007, maybe. And um, upstairs was a um, an art area. But in the basement, there they you go down this corridor, and there was rooms that were there, but they're all bricked up now. So no one knows what's behind it. I mean, they could have been the girls from the brothel that, you know, that were buried back there. But we were upstairs in one of the rooms and I'm standing there and there was two female researchers. They were sitting there doing their EVPs and I started to smell perfume, you know, and I had I, what it felt like a hand go across my face like that right at the time I was smelling the perfume and it kind of freaked me out a little bit. So, um, one of the girl, I told one of the female investigators there and she said, she did an EVP say, you know, saying, you know, is there a female in this room? And it came back. Yes. And they were asking, did you touch Jody? And it came back as yes. So I was like, Oh man, <laughs> you know, this is, this is weird. I mean, but I wasn't really scared. Too much on that one. South Pittsburgh Hospital, I was terrified in their basement. Okay. You know, that is probably, that was the only time I was really terrified because there was two individuals that were down in the basement further back. And it's a big hospital, so you're going through different corridors to get there. And I had to go get them. And I was so terrified coming down the steps, going into the basement, in the dark with the light trying to find them because this is where the shadow figure that has been seen so many times at that hospital has been seen in that basement and also has been seen up on the second floor you know so we talked yeah. earlier about the little girl do you want to tune in on that one because one of our uh, watchers yeah. right now beth allen was real attached to that same thing 
Yeah, you know, I was I was up in the I think it was the second floor where the maternity area is, and um, there's a corridor there before you go in, and you have the doors, and you you can go in. And I I had my uh, recorder going, I had it on, and I was walking down the hall. I wasn't saying anything or communicating. I just had it on. I wanted to see if I picked up anything. So when I got into the maternity or nursing area um, of the hospital, I played it back. And there was a, you heard a little girl kind of like singing a little bit. And you heard the, like the tap dance on the floor. And I never heard any of this stuff, but I got it on, I got it on recording. You know, and I knew there was a little girl there because people talked about it. And then when I was in the maternity area, I was, you know, going down off to my left, I passed the door that was open and I saw a little girl. And I kind of like went back and she was gone. And that's where I saw this white mist move literally across the room, you know, um, from the bed. And, And I was just snapping pictures. So I got like seven pictures of this like white mist where you can see it move and at one point it kind of goes almost in form a little bit you know um but right. yeah it was it was that that i that scared the crap out of me but you know the thing of it is i you know being a father at the time you know i didn't think if it was a child i don't think she was evil and i didn't think she would do anything i just think she was letting me know she was there right you know but yeah, you know, the South Pittsburgh Hospital, I love, I love that place. I love and when, that and place. were you there? Oh, this was, oh my God, um, I'm trying to think. 2011, maybe. Okay. Yeah, Beth was, Beth was asking yeah, questions. About 2011, and then I was there a year later, two years later. Yeah, because I was there twice. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of a neat neat place. They had a big um, um, get together there one time, and um, there was a, just a whole bunch of people there, and they brought in everybody had food, and it was just a neat investigation. Ken Gerhardt was there. Okay, um, he was there. Yeah, uh, it was a little conference kind of thing we were having, where you know people were speaking, and I spoke there. Ken Gerhardt spoke there, and I got a really good picture of Ken Gerhardt. Uh, sitting in the same room where I saw the little girl and you see these orbs and as I'm taking pictures of Ken you can see the orbs were moving you know they weren't staying in place so it was kind of it was kind of interesting so do you have a bucket list or whether it be Bigfoot Dogman paranormal UFO do you have somewhere that that you would like to go a bucket list. Oh, hmm. I, I, you know, looking for Bigfoot, I would have to say I would love to maybe go to the Himalayas, you know, to look for the Yeti. I think that would mean I would love to go to Scotland for the um, Loch Ness monster, and I would Been there. definitely love, huh? Been there. I got to go oh, up. Didn't see the Loch Ness monster. I was up on Inverness, but I got to go down into the catacombs under the Royal Mile. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, I had some crazy. I had some 
ancestral shit go, sorry, yeah. stuff go down that night. So. Oh my God. Yeah. And I would love to go to Eastern Europe, like Hungary and trans, you know, Transylvania area. Oh yeah. I got connections. I got connections from Romania. My friends, yeah. uh, they live in Scotland actually did my tattoo right here in, in mm. Scotland. They're from Romania. Him and his wife said they have a flat in the mountainside in Romania that I, if I come out there, I'm more than welcome to stay there. By my, you know, they live in Scotland. So I'm like, ah, yeah, they're, they're, that's they're on my list. Life. Yes. Cause they, they call them, they call it werewolf. They don't call them dog man there. They call them werewolves. And there's a lot of legends of werewolves, you know, and, and in there. And I, I want to go. And I saw this thing the other day where now you can go to Dracula's castle and stay there. They're turning it into like a resort to stay at. It's like, man, that would be so cool. You know, they probably after COVID need to, you know, find, find a way to keep it alive. A lot of locations around the world are having trouble, you know, it shocked the world mm -hmm. with finances and everything. So mm -hmm. I, I'm glad they did. I'm sure they wasn't something they were thought they would want to do but i'm glad that they are because i'm going i'm gonna make it there yeah, all right i i oh my god i would go in a heartbeat you know uh i mean i've been to europe when i was in the army and you know it's i mean it's just it's it's neat and like you say eastern europe is a lot different you know than western europe and it's it's still all vent now i can't use the word benches but it's all looks the spooky like the old movies you know right it all it still looks that way and it's just like man i would love mm -hmm. to go i would love to hear the werewolf legends i would love to go out with these guys who are actually looking for the werewolves you know i want to go to dracula's castle i want to go Loch Ness. you know i, I you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you know there are so many places you, you speak of Loch Ness and I, we're, we're coming up at the end of our time but you start talking about Loch Ness but there's a lot of lake monsters I don't think people realize uh how many sightings there are and whether or not they're actually true or not there's, there's a lot of sightings of lake monsters in there there is and they they fall within the same parallel like you know if you look at if you grab a map or a globe um you know you can see where all the lake monsters fall within the same, I guess, latitude of each other, okay. Okay. you know, all around the world. And, you know, when I was in Kuwait, um, cause I got deployed, um, to Iraq and we went to Kuwait and Kuwait city there, there's a lake monster in, okay. in, the, in Kuwait city there at, at the, uh, the docks and stuff that they feed this thing. And it's, it, it's, you know, looks like a plesiosaur. It's the best way to describe it. Right. But, you know, it, it's a legend that's always been there. You know, it was there the day we were getting our equipment, you know, so <laughs> it, it's not uncommon. But what's so weird is that science will not even go there and look at this thing. And this thing is not shy. It comes out of the water and lets you see it because people are throwing food to it. Yeah. So let me ask you this to you, Edith. What do you think about people who are still saying or claiming that they see dinosaurs? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I asked that, let me take uh, a friend of mine that I work with in San Antonio. Uh, he, his family was from Brazil. He was born here, but he said his mom would tell him stories that when she was little, her mom would tell her, don't go down to the river by yourself because there's a, there, there's a dinosaur there that the whole like village knew of. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like McKillen Bimbe. 
that's it from which is the dinosaur in the Congo. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another place I would love to go look for Mikilimembe. And it's like a brontosaurus type creature. Yeah. You know, there there's um there's a abandoned I I can't say abandoned, it's just an old village in Cambodia that on one of the walls there's a carving of a stegosaurus. Hmm. In the wall. Okay. So how is it that these people knew what a stegosaurus looked like, you know, unless they actually saw one? Right. You know, the Amazon is is another one where they talk about dinosaurs in the Amazon where people see them. And here's the thing. What makes it so interesting and what makes it so credible of that it's true, you take like the Congo and the Amazon, they have not changed in millions of years. Right. Okay. So especially like the Congo, the environment is so isolated that if there was any living dinosaurs, they they would be protected. They would they would be able to, you know, stay unhidden. Okay or stay hidden for long periods of time. But the problem with that is, and you know, most biologists will probably tell you this, is that through evolution, what a dinosaur would have looked like 365 million years ago may not look what it would look like today. Right? <laughs> okay. Sorry, Beth. You know, yeah, I mean, no, Beth is probably right. Texas. Texas has a really lot of stories about Tyrannosaurus Rex and Velociraptors right. in Texas. And Thunderbirds. And or, Thunderbirds. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like I said, these things, you know, <laughs> through evolution would have changed. And they might be, they, they may be still similar to what they look like, but they would probably be a little bit different. Right. But if something like the Congo, they probably would never have changed. They probably stayed the same, you know. So it's it's not unusual to be hearing stories of dinosaurs because when the meteor hit, I'm sure it did not wipe out everything. Right. Right. You know, so. I know enough to know. I don't know a damn thing. That's the big wonder, thing. though. You know, we don't know. So it's, you know, it's pretty cool to just try to, you know. I saw yeah, I saw this painting the other day that I, I believe it came out somewhere out of the Middle East, India area, Pakistan, where it's it, the painting was hundreds, maybe a thousand years old, okay, give or take. And people are riding on brontosauruses in the painting. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's odd. How would they, how would they know that, you know? You know, why would you paint something that you never saw? It's like some of these paintings that are coming out of Europe that has UFOs in them. Right. Yeah. You know, right. Why is the Vatican, you know, looking for, you know, extraterrestrials? <laughs> you know, they, they, they have their own little, you know, type NASA stuff going on where they have their own, you know, um, telescopes and you know things like that looking for extraterrestrial life well cool man hey jody man it's 
been a great pleasure talking to yeah. you. Man, you got so much to say about everything, and that's that. That makes you a great guest, and that makes you a great person. Really, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on. But before you leave, we have to tell people, man, about about any of these fields that they want to investigate. They want to learn more. What would you tell them? About investigating cryptids. Yeah, cryptids, UFOs, paranormal. Yeah, I mean, the, anything. I mean, I, read up on the subject. Redo your research. You know, um, they can find a lot of good places to look. I mean, look at some of the most popular places like the Bisa Bray Road in Wisconsin, the Michigan Dogman, you know, the Germantown Werewolf, uh, Shenango Valley Werewolf. Um, Ohio, you have the um, Grassman. Right. You know, you know. Definitely, you know, look at the research. There's a lot of good conferences out there that you can go to and talk to people about their sightings and, you know, different types of uh, the cryptids out there. But, yeah, definitely do your research on on what you – I would stick to one particular um, cryptid at a time. Because right. trust me, if you start doing them all, you're going to do them all, and you're just going to forget where you were, you know – where you started so just do one at a time and move on to the next you know you mentioned ohio Grassman, and i mm -hmm. forgot to talk about your book man i'm sorry but tell people where they can find your books if they're, if they're looking you can for find, you can find most of them are still available some are no longer available uh you can go on amazon and just type my name in jody cook books and stuff um yeah i i end, you know i end up suing a guy um because he took one of my books um, actually took two of my books and rewrote them oh, and man. yeah yeah and rewrote them and claimed that I took the information from him but my books were already printed and published two years before his was <laughs> so and I already had the Library of Congress you know number to back it up okay. and so he kind of got angry so he like him and his friends went and gave really trashy um, comments on all of my books, you know, and I, I contact Amazon and Amazon. No, we're not going to, we're not going to do anything. Everybody has a right to, you know, do it, but you know, and it, it was sad. So I ended up suing the guy, you know, uh, over it and, you know, and it, it left bad blood on his half. And like I said, he, um, uh, he, him and his friends like trashed, every one of my books so you know it was just because he was mad he lost the lawsuit so well sorry about that man but you know yeah. guys you guys are listening go out look up jody cook on amazon man get his books i'm sure he'll appreciate it i'm sure it's all good yeah. information the guy's very knowledgeable so uh, i definitely would recommend him all right guys that'll be it for tonight shannon you want to say good night to everybody good night everybody <laughs> I've been All muting because right. my son is even like, like, and thanks everybody in the chat room. You guys had a lot of great comments as always, and we appreciate that very much. And thanks for tuning in. And we'll yep. see you uh, Sunday. I got a show Sunday, so we'll see you Sunday, guys. Yeah. All right, you two guys. All right, you guys have a good one. Nice meeting you, Sharon. Hey, that's nice. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. You too. All right.